Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Surewinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a Sherwinder. It's amazing how opening your heart changes everything. In this case, it all started with a phone call. Hello? Hi, this is Terry calling from Zappos.com. Is this Susan? Yes, it is. Hi, Susan. I believe you called into our customer loyalty department yesterday to let us know that most of your shoes order did not arrive on time as promised. Yes. I just wanted to call you to let you know that I received a call and I'm just so sorry for everything you and your family are going through. I thank you. Is there another problem with my order? No, no. The rest of the shoes will arrive tomorrow. I triple checked that they're in route before I called you. So I wanted to let you know that they're definitely on the way. And I also want to apologize that we didn't do more for you when you called in yesterday. I know this is a difficult time for you and your family. And I just felt like we ought to do something more. So I've gone ahead and credited your account for half the cost. You what? The shoes that were delayed will still arrive tomorrow, but I'm refunding half of your money. Wow, you're joking. That's amazing. Why would you do that? Well, after hearing why you ordered them, it seemed to me like the last thing you needed was for this shoe order to add to the more stress to your life. So I just wanted to apologize for the delay and make it right if we could. So you should see the credit back on your card within 48 hours. That's just, I don't know what to say. That's really generous of you. I told the woman on the phone yesterday that the memorial service had to be pushed back because of the weather. So the shoes coming late isn't even that big of a deal. So long as they get here. I understand. And I'm very glad they'll get there in time for the service. I'm just sorry for your loss. Susan paused. Thank you. I appreciate that. We're all just so heartbroken. We're known for striving to deliver some of the best customer service in the business. And it's my job as a customer loyalty team lead to help make sure that continues. As much as I do checks, do spot checks of our customer service logs to make sure that people who call in with questions or concerns about something are being taken care of as they should be. I'm not sure why I happened to review that particular call that day. It truly was random, but I was immediately struck by what I heard. Susan, this lovely woman with a Tennessee accent, whom I was now on the phone with, had called in because most of her shoe order hadn't arrived as promised. Her order was unusual. 11 pairs of Lacoste sneakers, all of them red, in all different sizes. She told our phone rep that only one of those pairs of shoes had arrived and that this was really important to her because these red shoes were going to be worn to a funeral, a memorial service for her teenage daughter's boyfriend, Luis. The amazing thing is, Susan wasn't angry about the delay. She was just frustrated. You could hear it in her voice, and rightly and rightfully so. She wanted to make sure the shoes were still coming and would be there in time for this very important day. 
It turned out that Tennessee, which normally doesn't see much snow, had been hit by a major snowstorm. So a lot of the planes and delivery services were shut down across the state. Our customer loyalty team member explained that the shoes came from two different warehouses. And while one of the warehouses had been able to fulfill the shipment for the one pair of the shoes, all the others that didn't arrive were coming from a different warehouse that was affected by the storm. Susan understood. Things happened. She said it would be all right. And the call ended cordially. I wanted to follow up because I felt that our representative could have been more empathetic. She was friendly. She did some great research and assured Susan that her shoes were now on their way, but she didn't offer much of an apology for the inconvenience and worry we had caused Susan and her family. And an apology certainly seemed warranted. I also thought that the shoes we had promised to deliver must have meant something really special to them. It wasn't a small order. It was $845 worth of shoes. There had be had to be some symbolism to order all those particular red shoes to wear to a funeral, right? Clearly, we weren't just providing shoes to this family. We were providing something deeper, something that connected these people to this young man they'd lost. That's why I called Susan and made the decision to give her half of her money back. I'll personally follow up in the morning to make sure those shoes arrive on time, okay? And if you have any issues with the sizes or anything, call me directly and I'll send you a UPS truck to pick up the or the returns at your home and overnight the new sizes needed at no additional charge. You'll do all of that? Yes, it's my pleasure, Susan. And if I can help you with anything else, please don't hesitate to call. Let me give you my direct line and my email address. And this is where I'm going to stop reading. And I know this is a little unconventional, but we're going through this book called The Power of Wow with my company as well as GDU. And what I want to get this point across is this story goes on and on and on. And the premise of the story is this girl uh, met her boyfriend in cancer treatment. They both had cancer and uh, he was going to end up losing his legs. His favorite pair of shoes that he had always wanted and apparently not had were these red shoes. And he said that if I'm going to lose my legs, I want to have those red shoes. So they got him the red shoes and ended up in surgery. They didn't have to remove his legs, but he wore them all the way up to the surgery. And then every day after, even in bed, and then he passed away. So the red shoes were symbolic, but that's not the point. The point is, is that there was an opportunity that this business took advantage of. Not like took advantage of in a way that was crooked or deceiving, but like it was an opportunity to make an impact on somebody's life. And this is the difference between hiring people for a garage door company and hiring people to make a difference. I know when I started my garage door company, I thought, how am I going to find people to come work for me when I sell garage doors? And I had always worked for pretty cool businesses. I worked at a car dealership where there's no shortage of people who want to come work for us. I worked for a software company that was really cool and fun and fast growing. And we had droves of people trying to work for us. And then I started a garage door company. It was like ghost town couldn't find anybody who wanted to come work for me. And then it took me like eight years and I'm just now realizing it that I missed the point the whole time. 
it doesn't matter what you sell. It doesn't matter like what you make or deliver or ship or install. None of that matters. It's the culture that you create by giving freedom to your employees to make a huge impact and then celebrate those impacts with other people within your organization. That, in my opinion, is the big difference. And I feel like a lot of times we get caught up too much in the hoopla of hiring the, you know, whoever applies. And I think we create that ourselves. We get in a position where we need somebody, somebody applies and we hire them because they're breathing, they're a body and we need somebody now. And then they don't work out and then we just hire the next person. So I want to spend today talking a little bit about hiring the process and how it can be different. And some of the things that I'm coming to realize to try to help you out and understand that I'm in the discovery phase of this. I'm learning. I just want to share with you what I'm learning as I'm learning it. And then hopefully that makes a difference in your business. And you can get on the same thought process that I can. And if you have comments, you can go to YouTube, comment on the video, or shoot me a message on Facebook, whatever. I'd love to hear your feedback. If there's any tips, tricks, or anything that we don't discuss today that you think would be beneficial, let us know, and we'll share them. We'll even give you a shout out if it's good stuff. So today, we're not going to go into a whole lot of um, our announcements. We, we kind of cover those every week. And sorry for this one coming out late this week. We certainly have been very busy um, working on everything. So thank you for your patience. Uh, Jennifer and I are going to discuss hiring. And Jennifer's got a lot of experience in this world, right? Kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have... I have experience working with a company that was very big on culture and I helped um, in the talent acquisition department there. So yes. And service was a huge priority um, there as well. Finding mm -hmm. the right people to serve our clients was, that was imperative. Yeah, I agree. I think that you can have sexy jobs even with toxic cultures and it'll still attract people. Yeah. And then you can have jobs like septic, right? Mm -hmm. Or garage doors or mm -hmm. plumbers. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to fall into the trap of this isn't sexy, like software or the music industry you know, or whatever. Right. So, um, that's where, what we're talking about makes a difference. So one thing that we do that we started doing, I'm, I'm just going to share a couple of things that we started doing since reading this book. And she, like, I went to Zappos. I think I told you guys this before, like 10 years ago. And it changed my life. It flipped everything that I had been taught upside down and made me question everything, which was good. And so 
unfortunately, as we get in the weeds and we start our business and we're super busy and we're just going through life and getting kicked in the teeth and going through people and all this, it's easy to lose sight of the things that you used to love, right? I talk to a lot of business owners in the garage door industry who don't love what they do anymore. And part of that is because they stopped doing what they love. And that's not necessarily garage doors. It's making a difference. It's uh, it's doing business your way with, with little to no limitations. So this story goes on to talk about how they created a 401, not a 401k, but a um, uh, nonprofit. They raised a ton of money for this lady um, or the kid's family that passed away. And mm-hmm. she goes on to be good friends with Susan, I think is the lady's name who's the mom of the daughter who met the kid, Luis. And a relationship was, was came out of this and they even flew her and her daughter out to Las Vegas to meet the team at Zappos. And I mean, think about the impact that you make, like the trajectory of their life will never be the same because they bought shoes from Zappos. How do you impact someone's life so much selling them a garage door or doing a repair where you change the trajectory of someone's life? Mm-hmm. And how rewarding is that? So a couple of things we've done recently is we posted on social media that if you need encouragement or just a positive word to call or text in and our CSRs will will just share love with you, encourage you, build you up. There's not enough of that. Well, I think we got like four or five texts when we did it, which is pretty stinking cool. You know, um, doesn't take us a whole lot of time, but think about the impact. Number one, the CSRs automatically feel honored to have the ability to do that to people right? To, to help them, encourage them. Number two, it's science that when you do stuff like that, it releases endorphins. And here we are, you have someone answering phones, customer service representative, not a sexy job, right? How do you make it sexy? You enable them to change and impact people's lives different than just answering the phones. The other day, it was like six o'clock in the morning. We were 20 something degrees here. I had the idea that, man, not maybe not everybody has a working heater right now. So I just went online and I posted a post about, you know, if you have, um, if your heater's not working and you, and you need heat, call us and we'll deliver firewood at, at no cost. Mm-hmm. And then shot that out to our Slack group for the office and the team. And let them know that this is, you know, I know it's short notice and I don't have logistics figured out, but we'll get it figured out. And I'm not sure that anybody called. I don't think they did, but it got shared a ton of times. It was exciting for our team. We wanted somebody to call in so we could do that. And we're, we're you know, from the beginning in 2015, my wife and I, we decided that we were going to build a company of giving. 
And we started this program that we called the hardship program. And it, it really was designed to be a blessing to people who were like, you know, widows, um, single parents, people just going through a hard time. Really? I've been broken and hurt so much in my life that you don't even have to tell me, like I can see it in your eyes. And when I recognize that brokenness, I'm able to slow things down and try to break through and create that connection. And I've been in garages where people are crying. I had a lady who lost her husband and and her daughter in the same year, the year prior that I was there. The garage door broke. It was right up the street from the house. I went in there and she was in her 60s. Too young for this, right? You should never outlive your kids. That's horrible. Yeah. And she was so heavy, like walking through the house. She was heavy. The house was heavy, like, and she just broke down. And I hugged her and she literally cried in my arms for like what felt like 10 minutes. It was like one of the most awkward things in the world, but at the same time, one of the most beautiful things in the world, because who knows what she was dealing with to what extent that her spring broke. And I was able to go in there and just lend a shoulder for her to cry on. And uh, I was so shaken up. Like it took me a while to even do the repair because I'm sitting here like, wow, this just happened. And now I got to fix this lady's garage, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think we miss it sometimes when we are talking about culture. We automatically think ping pong tables and video games and snacks, you know? Mm-hmm. But what about? doing radical stuff that you empower your employees to do that makes a difference and and gives them something exciting where they get to go home and talk to their spouse or their parents and say, you're not going to believe what happened at work today. Mm -hmm. And it's such a powerful thing that the parents are jealous because they want to come work here. Right. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine what happens when you post a job listing And everyone sees it and they've heard these stories from the employees or they've been a part of our stories. It gets shared a ton and people start testifying to how great of a place it is to work here. And I'm not bragging about how great it is. Definitely not perfect and constantly making mistakes and failing as a leader, but that's all part of the process of development and getting better and growing. Yes. And I want to spend time today just talking about, like, I think I've set the the foundation. I want to talk about what are the steps to hiring and creating that culture. These are some of the things we're going to go over at GDU Summit, but I'm going to spoil some of them today because I think it's really important. I want to get the message out. I think the first step is identifying where you want to be. And when you do that, you have to do it with like, no limitations. It's almost like if you're a giver and you got a giver's heart, 
Like how big do you want to give? It could be, it could be, I want to do something big every week of the year where I give to my employees or my, my customers. We call them heroes now. And I think you work backwards from there. And then when you interview, I think you, I think you interview people with the mindset of here's, here's who we are. This is what we do. Or, or you ask questions that lets you know if they have a giving heart because if they have a giving heart, then there's no way they can be selfish, especially when you're giving so much. And we're in a day and age where people give these young kids a really hard time about work ethic and stuff like that. I, I don't think it's any different, to be honest with you. I think there's more distractions and the kids these days are more distracted. But I think there's still plenty of hard workers. And I think they just want to make an impact more than anything. I don't mm-hmm. think they really care to have a job where my generation, Jen, your generation, I think we got a job because it was a proud moment to get a job and work hard and come home accomplishing, you know, like getting through the day. That was like enough, right? right? right. I don't think it's like that anymore. Mm-mm. And when you raise the bar with your customers, like I think we do, the standards are so low and they're set by your competitors that it doesn't take much to create that wow experience with people. And just a little bit of empathy and care goes so far. And then I think you hire people and you ask yourself the question, do I trust them to make good decisions about caring and showing empathy to my customers? Mm-hmm. Instead of, can this person turn a wrench? And yes, that's important. And maybe we narrow this down even worse, but man, have I made so many mistakes hiring on skill instead of compassion and caring. And, and if you talk about your culture, I think one of the mistakes I had and I even taught to do this, you know, which is even worse, right? Because I feel like I'm leading people down the wrong path sometimes, but I evolve. And as I evolve, I give new new advice and I'll uh, definitely share when I feel like I was wrong. But I've always taught that you got to sell the job and then pull back and talk about all the bad things and the negatives and see if they're still interested. But I'm kind of changing my tone on that now because I feel like when you sell the job, you just equip them with what to say to get the job. Mm-hmm. Right, Jen? Yes. I mean, they should, we should be asking them questions and they should be doing more of the talking than us. And then once we've determined that this is a potential candidate that we would want to have on our team, then we go into our, yes. our our selling mode. I've always thought that that initial conversation should be a two-way conversation where we're interviewing each other. And that's mm-hmm. not wrong. No. But 
if you're not qualified and you're not a good fit, do you really want to spend time with me? No. No. <laughs> right? right? Let's go through this and figure it out. And I think that straightforwardness is attractive. And, um, you know, not in a, like a, a, a lack of empathy way, but just in general, like, Hey, you know, I, I'd like to schedule a 15 minute conversation with you. And I learned today through a coaching call that I'm a part of that if you know, it's not a good fit, I've always struggled with like, how do you break this off? Right. You just mm -hmm. met the person. Maybe you're in it for like three minutes and you know, this is not the right person. Mm -hmm. She said today, all right, that's all the questions I had. Did you have anything for me? Mm -hmm. I can do that. Yes. I can do that. You absolutely can do that. I asked my couple questions. I realized, all right, that's all the questions I had for today. Did you have any questions for me? And they'll be like, oh, uh, yeah, do you have benefits? And do you have this? And do you have that? And you answer a few of those questions and you're like, okay, thank you. We'll be in touch if, you know, whatever. Another mm -hmm. thing that they brought up today, which is very interesting, and I'm I'm a little bit frustrated that I haven't done a better job at this, but it's like you're going so fast. You make a good connection with people and you interview three or four people, like you bring it down to two or three, mm -hmm. three or four. You make the hire and then you don't notify the other people. Mm. I've done that. And she was like, can you imagine how you make a connection with somebody and then you just stand them up? Mm -hmm. Makes you look from the outside fake. And these are potential customers. These are potential referrals. Yes. And if it doesn't work out with the person that you're hiring, maybe you realize you missed it on one and you can't go back now because you didn't, you didn't communicate with them. You ghosted them. You ghosted them. And I'm like, man, I have done that so much. I think so many small business owners are, are, are guilty of that. So mm -hmm. I want to go through some of my notes and then I want to chat with you, Jen, and have you share some information. Hey guys, I found something that changed my business and I want to share it with you. We've created packages that have included some of the best products in our industry to offer our service customers. The heart of that package is Stealth Hardware Kit. Stealth Hardware is the quietest hinges on the market. I challenge you to buy at least one of these, test it for yourself. Put it on your truck and design a quiet performance package for your customers willing to pay for a better, smoother running door. Buy your Stealth Hardware Kit at Service Spring. Do a search for Quiet Hinge and then buy that. You can buy a double or single door, seven or eight foot tall, and promise you it'll change your service forever. Somer USA and Somer Group want to thank you for an incredible year and the trust you put in them and their products. As you know, Somer places high value on relationships, education, customer service, innovation, and professionalism. And they are grateful to you for your part in the fostering and dissemination of these values. If there is any way Somer can support you in your journey, whether through their products, the values they hold to, or the knowledge Somer has gained through interaction with door dealers across the world, please reach out to the team at your convenience. They are here to serve you. Again, Thank you from the entire Somer team. Check them out at SomerUSA.com. Tell them Ryan sent you.
just trying to read these notes. I've covered some of this already. Um, we're going to be slow to hire, quick to fire. I'm not going to sell the job anymore. And I'm going to ask more questions. Here's some of the things that I think I'm going to ask. And Jen, I'd like if you have any input on questions that you can ask in an interview, I'd love to hear them. But can you share a situation where you might have gotten blamed for something that wasn't your fault? How did you handle it? So immediately I'm trying to figure out if people are taking ownership. I need to know that right out of the gate. I'm tired of hiring people who look like they're good hires. Maybe they're great people, but nothing's ever their fault. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I had a resume today, actually. Um, in the summary, it was so funny. Not really funny. I'm sorry. It's not funny. In the summary, she said that she was actually with the company that she was last at twice. They fired her because of a health issue that they, they did not approve. Well, first of all, that's probably too much for a resume, especially in the summary, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> and then, and then she put in there that they wrongfully accused her of not being sick or whatever. In her resume? Yeah. 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 I know okay. this is crazy, but like, it just leads me to think, man, if she's going to put that on a resume. Yeah. Right. Next. <laughs> Next. But how do we find out if that person, like, how do we find out if they don't put that on the resume? How do we find out if they take ownership and are, are interested in showing up every day and owning their mistakes? Mm-hmm. You got any input on that? I mean, I think the question that you just brought up about tell me about a time when you were blamed for something or tell me about a time when you failed at something and what was the scenario? How did you handle it? Um, Just hearing from them because it's not, I mean, it's not easy to talk about failures. And so when, when you hear them, um, you know, really just being, authentic and humble and sharing the experience. I mean, I've had to do it in interviews and, you know, it's like, as soon as that question comes, comes up and then you remember like those times and they were hard that you went through and you have to share that with someone else. And you're worried about what are they going to think about me? But at the end of the day, like we're all humans and everybody's going to make mistakes and, same thing. I try to keep, teach my kids like, Hey, you may, you're going to make mistakes. Just own it. Like just own it. Everybody messes up and it's not about messing up. It's about how you handle yourself after you make the mistake. Right. And 1, move forward. Yeah. Also think that as leaders, we've trained people to cover up mistakes, right? Yeah. Teachers, Teachers yeah. have done it. Yeah. Uh, police, parents. We've kind of trained people that, you know, confession sometimes is worse than trying to cover it up. And if we, you know, we, we've, we've not, you know, known how to handle it exactly, but 
we tell our kids, if you tell us the truth, the punishment will be less. If you mm-hmm. lie and you get caught, which you will get caught because we're better than you at this, <laughs> the punishment is going to be horrible. You're not going to love it. Yeah. And sometimes they still choose to lie, mm-hmm. right? They're trying yeah. to weigh out the difference of how bad is it that, you know, what they did versus what do they think the consequence is going to be. And those are good experiences, although not what you want them to do. It's better that you have them do that at a young age and then coach them through it and be like, why did you lie? Well, I was going to get in trouble. Well, now you're twice as much trouble. Right. Like, was it worth it? And I think that's an important question. So you're looking for how people answer these questions just as much as what they answer with. Mm -hmm. But I think you look at some of the challenges you've had in the past, like maybe it's a lack of ownership or work ethic or, you know, they're, they're negative people. If people come into an interview and they talk about the whole time about how all these problems at work and how they solve them, then they're not coming on board either because in my opinion, they're trying to, they have like a hero complex, right? Mm -hmm. And that's very common with blue collar people. Unfortunately, like we go into a garage, we see the problem, we throw our cape on, Mm -hmm. we blow it out of proportion. Oh my gosh, ma'am you're not going to believe this. This is the problem, (laughs) but I've got you. Don't worry about it. Right. I'll take (laughs) care of it. Like it's so easy to feel that way and have that like persona. And I don't know, it's just so old. I think people see through it. I mentioned, I think on the last podcast, we had a guy come in who did uh, appliance repair, super nice guy, but he complained so much that I wanted to kick him out of my house. Like mm-hmm. every five seconds, he was like, man, I'm so sorry you guys are dealing with this. If this was up to me, like I would, I would do this, this, and this. And you know, the fridge, the refrigerator company that you bought the refrigerator from, like, they're just not that great with customer service and, you know, follow through and this and that. And, you know, the part could take this and I'm going to do everything in my power to help you out though. Like really what's the point? Mm-hmm. Why? Right? Why badmouth the manufacturer we bought? Why badmouth the refrigerator? Why tell me that, you know? And then he's like, oh my gosh, this is this is almost the exact same refrigerator as this other brand. The hinges and everything, the placement of everything is the exact same. They must resell this. Right? And I'm like, bro, what? Why? Why? It's <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a he was very pessimistic. He was a nice guy. Super nice, very pessimistic, very, very much created a bigger problem. And and I think that may come from a lack of self-worth if you like dig deep into it, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to make yourself feel like a hero yeah. on, a, on a problem. I mean, dude, it's like he, you would have thought that our air conditioning was out and we weren't going to get it or our heat was out and it's 20 degrees outside and we weren't going to get it fixed till the summertime. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bro, the problem is 
we don't have the part to put the panel on front of the garage or on the on front of the freezer door. It's cosmetic. We're okay. The yeah. the fridge and the freezer still work. Like we can still put food in it. It just doesn't look great. Yeah. We're fine. It's been three months already. Like we're good. Right. No big deal. When people it's come in deep. and judge us, that's that's on them. We don't care. But yeah. I might be getting off topic, but I think this is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh also want to find out what professional goals people have. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. That was always a, a, one of the first questions. Like what, like what, what's your idea? Like what's your dream job and where do you see yourself? I mean, I know that sounds so cliche, but it really does give you an idea of what, like where they're headed. And if it doesn't relate anything whatsoever to what they're going to be doing for you, then they, you need to look at that and say, you know, is this going to be the right fit for them? Yes. Couldn't have answered that better myself. Uh, field service requires a lot of flexibility with schedule. So I also want to ask that person, does your schedule allow for a lot of flexibility if we need you to work on a Saturday or we get some late calls in the day or whatever, do you have flexibility to work those days or late or early? Like, do you gotta take, you know, we got to know if you have a responsibility, you Mm -hmm. can't ask, do you gotta take your kids to school, but you can say, are there any responsibilities in the morning or evening, any day of the week or weekend that would keep you from fulfilling your obligation to us? And I think that's super important to get that out of the way because I can't tell you how many times I've hired someone and they're like, oh, well, I got to take my kid to school and Mm -hmm. I can't be there on Tuesdays or Thursdays before 830. And I'm like, I mean, you did a good job of setting the expectations of your schedule before you came on board. And I'm like, okay, I know that we're good. No problem. I understand. And you even told me like, this isn't forever. Like my son's going to graduate and go off to college and he's probably not going to want you to pick him up from class. So, uh, this is a short term thing, but it's, it's important to you, right? That you get to spend that, like you're going to send your kid off to college or life or whatever. Yeah. And that time in the car is very special to you. And, And I think that's important. Uh, I also want to ask, share a time when you made a mistake at work. How did you handle it? Mm-hmm. Because everyone makes mistakes. What you're looking for is, oh, I don't, I can't think of a time I made a mistake. Right. <laughs> you're gone. Yeah. That's not even real. Doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. Right. If I make five mistakes a day at work. And and I've been doing this. I'm 44, 45. You definitely have made at least one mistake in your career. Yeah. And if you can't Anybody. think of it, then you're not self-aware enough. Exactly. Right? So we're looking for self-awareness. We're looking for we're looking for transparency in this in this question. Yes. Right. One cool thing that Zappos does, and guys, I'm telling you what, this is life-changing. If you haven't signed up for Summit, please do so. I know I'm plugging that crap out of this. This is going to be freaking life-changing. They they offer to pay their people coming out of training one month's salary to quit. Crazy. To leave. I love it. 
I mean, it's wild. Two. It's like, here's a check. Yeah. Keep it and pack your things or you can stay. Yeah. I mean, immediately people go to, man, you're paying a bunch of people to leave and it's going to cost you a bunch of money. And then immediately you go to, well, they're probably saving money because they're not hiring a bunch of bad people who have intentions on not being like positive impact on the culture. You know what I do? I go immediately to think about the commitment that someone makes when they turn down that check. Mm-hmm. Number one, the mindset is they're, they understand the bigger picture. Yeah. Right? It's more than just a job. They want to be part of something. It's more than just a paycheck. They understand that if they just hold out and don't deposit that check or take it, they're going to get many more of those. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's such this like short minded set with some people and those people will get a job and hold on to it and even hate it. And then it's like, they'll do just enough to not be a bad employee, Mm -hmm. but not good enough to be a great one. And then you're like really great employees get frustrated because they know they can be a great employee, but the other person just doesn't want to Like they do enough to get by. And it's like hard to fire those people too sometimes because you're like, well, they, they got good numbers, but they just have this bad attitude every once in a while, Mm -hmm. or, you know, they underperform, but they're consistent and they're here all the time. We can count on the numbers they do. Mm -hmm. We start justifying reasons why they should stay. And, uh, man, this is the foundation. I think of your culture is who you bring on and the stage that you set during the interview process and, and one, one other thing I'll make fun of that. And then I want Jen to share any questions that she can think of, but the interview process is so critical because you're setting the stage for what people can expect when they come on board. So you need mm-hmm. to button that up and clean it up and make it really good. But, but where I, where I talk to a lot of business owners in the garage door industry, where we may fail the biggest is the onboarding process. Like, mm-hmm. We may do a good job bringing them on, but how well do we do over the next 30 days of like integrating them into our systems and processes and training and all of that? Yeah. Taking the time to figure that out. And I think that's critical to growing a good culture. Yeah. And I really appreciated in um, the power of wow, how they talked about that their training, once they bring an employee on, that their training is really an extension of their hiring process. Mm -hmm. So that's the time, like they're still deciding, Zappos is really still deciding, is this person going to be good for the long haul, just as much as the employee that they've hired. So, and that's where I think it just makes perfect sense at the end that they're like, okay, are you in or are you out? And I think that people, um, I think people really want to be a part of something bigger than themselves and feel like they're making a difference. And that's where, when the culture is there and they really feel like it's more than just a job and that they're making a difference and they're serving, um, for something greater than themselves. then they become passionate about it and about wanting to be there. 
great way to articulate my 10 minute rant from earlier. I think <laughs> that way that was really good. It is about being bigger than themselves, right? Yeah. And it's a way of life. And I can tell you firsthand when you start doing that stuff at work and you enable your employees to do it, they'll start doing it in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I don't know, 2021, 2022. I don't know. We started it might've been December, 2020. I can't remember. I just, I just remember like everybody feeling pain and whatever. And we're always at gas stations. So I bought like a thousand dollars worth of gas cards for QT. Cause that's where we go to fill up. Mm-hmm. And I gave like a hundred dollars or $50. I can't remember to everybody. And I said, I want you to give these to people at the gas station, each of you. And come back and tell anything, you know, share your experience if anybody says anything. And it was like incredible, right? I mean, people posting in the Slack group about how ladies started crying and no one had ever given her anything in her life. That was oh. the first thing anyone had ever given her. Wow. At a gas station, a gas cart. Like, imagine that life, right? Very yeah. And feeling like, you know. And then one day a stranger walks up and hands you a gas card. And you tell them, no one's ever given me anything. This is the first thing. Um, That's crazy to me. Yeah, me too. So... We all live very different lives. And um, I think that if we make it bigger than garage doors and we get radical with it, like completely insanely radical, you know how much all this stuff has cost me? Like all the stuff that we've done, giving away doors, giving away motors, giving away gas cards, (laughs) excuse me, all of that. I mean, Probably, I don't know, 15, 20 grand since we started total, mm-hmm. all the charity and stuff we've done Yeah, would be my guess. But think of it this way. It's not an expense. It's an investment. Yes. Not to get more business, but to enable your employees to have life-changing experiences. One of the best gifts that I got from from doing our, our like um, the program where we give away free doors and service and stuff, hardship program. We, we, we got away from that for a little bit where the guys weren't really doing it. And I could tell that some of our employees were very all about me and kind of, you know, my commission check and, I need better jobs and, you know, just very ungrateful, you know? And Mm -hmm. I noticed when I started questioning them, like that would be the first thing I would start saying when they came out to me about stuff. I would say, Hey, I noticed that you haven't given away a hardship lately. It's impossible to be selfish and unappreciative when you're giving away stuff. Mm -hmm. Or when you're doing like random acts of kindness, especially with like other people's money. Yes. 
it's it's like I don't think the two can exist together. No, I agree. So if you're struggling with that, that's a great way to fix that problem within your team. And yes, it's going to cost you a little money, but man, what an impact that that has. So anyway, what are some yeah. questions, Jen, that you could think of that you might want to ask employees before they get hired? Mm-hmm. You know, I like to ask them about um, things that they like to do outside of work. I like to get a sense of like who they are, like what's an ideal day for them. Um, just, you know, more of those personal things, like what their hobbies are kind of yeah. thing. Um, and then I ask them, I like to, I like to ask about their goals, like personal, professional, like give an example of a goal that you've reached. I also, I think, um, asking them like any books, like what's, what's the most recent book that you've read? Um, because I, I love personal development and I think that, um, if you can find, if you can find people that are constantly looking for ways to improve themselves and, and that are um, also into personal development, then you, you know you have somebody who's going to work hard and just try to learn and grow because growth is growth is hard sometimes and we don't necessarily like change. So asking somebody about like, give me an example of a situation when you had to deal with a major change at work or in your personal life and how you handled that. I mean, getting a sense of that, because I think, you know, we get into our comfort zone sometimes and then we just want to stay there. But you and I both know at the end of the day, like, if you're growing, you're changing and you, you've got to find people who are adaptable and willing to, to take the leap sometimes and get out of that comfort zone. So just, you know, asking them some of those types of questions to assess, you know, where they're at with that. I do feel like I get robotic answers on this question, but I like to ask it, but I like to ask, what are you looking for in the company that you join next? Because mm -hmm. you're going to get a broad, but I'm looking for like a well thought out, articulate answer, not just, you know, good pay and culture. Yeah. I think asking them too, like, Hey, what are your personal core values? Like, what are, what do you value the most? And just hearing from them, like what, what are their personal or asking them like, Hey, have you ever created a personal mission statement? Um, I mean, that requires a lot of thought. Right. So let me ask you one more question before yeah. we shut this down. I remember being in a position where we realized that there was somebody on our staff that would befriend all the new people and then kind of create his own negative culture. Right. So. Ugh. we didn't catch on at first because he's always like to our face. He was always praising us. Yeah. But if you're a business owner and you're hiring people and you're like, man, it's like, how, 
how come the culture's not changing? It's got to be either you or somebody on your team or a group of people on your team, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, how would you identify that and how would you handle it? Mm-hmm. So I think with that, it's, it's really ingraining in your people that if there's an issue, we don't go sideways, we go up, we go directly to our managers to discuss it, to our leaders, but we're not like, no gossip policy is, is, and is big and setting that expectation, like, right through the get go, because it's like, we're not going to tolerate it. And so if they know, like right through the door, like there's no gossiping and gossiping is like, if you're my peer and I have a problem and I'm coming to you, but you can't actually solve my problem, then Mm. that's gossiping. So I need to go to that person. And so just, you know, ingraining that in, in your people and, and, and really, um, if you see it happening, you you can't let it go. You have to address it immediately. And if it continues to happen, I mean, I've been in a situation before where that did happen. And it was also a, a guy on the team who was doing it. Uh, and in a predominantly female company, it was a guy. And he was, he gone. He was, he was out because of that. Because of that negativity. I think that it's very funny. I've always, you know, I came from a white collar background, always had this perception of blue collar men being very tough and kind of no nonsense, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Like what I've learned is some of the biggest gossipers I've ever met were, were guys in the garage door industry. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just crazy to me how, like, I don't know, maybe they're bored, you know, and they maybe. feel like they got to stir up trouble just to create excitement for themselves. I don't know. Yeah. But it's not healthy. And we talked about in a previous podcast about court jesting. You know, when, when my pastor uh, started our, like, staff and support staff team, he called a leadership meeting where we all got together. And he said, one thing that we're not going to tolerate is court jesting, meaning like poking fun at each other, things like that. He said, we'll lift each other up, mm-hmm. we'll encourage each other, and we'll show empathy and compassion to each other. But we will yeah. not hide our securities through poking and aggravating each other. Mm-hmm. because that's all that is. And I was like, man, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That is a great, I've ne- I had never heard that from anyone ever before. And it's easy for like men who kind of have a tendency. Well, let me just put it this way. It's probably more difficult for us to share our feelings verbally mm-hmm. for a lot of men, just because I think, I don't, I think it's the way we're raised and, and just, uh, you know, the testosterone too plays a role, mm-hmm. but there's nothing stronger in my opinion than being able to say, I'm sorry, or cry out of compassion for someone, even as a man. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've got to get that out of our businesses where we're too macho to care. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. or you know we treat the new guy poorly it's hard enough to get the new guy right yeah this initiation phase that your guys will put them through sometimes totally unacceptable to me yeah i know i don't think there's no need for it no and so uh this isn't college where we where we do hazing people so anyway (laughs) i hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast it was a little different than usual but i had this thought to read part of the first chapter of the power of wow Uh, it's a zappos book written by their employees if you haven't read it yet check it out also if you if you think that today was great you're going to learn so much more if you come to summit i'm going to be talking about some of these things way more in depth as well as leadership culture we've got a great lineup two days jam-packed tour of zappos the second day sitting with their people the head of culture is going to be doing a keynote uh speaking spot for us and giving us a tour of the place and talking about how they do things how they make decisions no one does it better when it comes to culture and i think they're amazing so we basically rented the place out for a day check it out garagedooryou.com forward slash summit if you're interested hit me up uh we have like one or two scholarships left that we can give away to people who will be engaged be there show up hungry and take it back and implement it but can't afford to go let me know jen any last words that was great it was great. I thought that was a good podcast. Yeah, I loved it. All right. We'll holler at y'all later. Have a great, blessed week. <laughs>